with yet another episode of the Behind the Edge podcast. Joining us for episode four is Will Parsons of Parsons Bladeworks. Welcome to the pod, Will. Hey, I'm happy to be here. I am also joined by my co-hosts. Hey, I'm Caleb. I'm Vex. Hey, I'm Jake. Improvise. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a really great improvisation. Though. I'm glad we got our introductions down. So anyway, thanks everyone for coming to the pod. This episode is about knife design, the iterative reselling of designs, I know that's fancy wording, Chinese clones, knives of Theseus, and much, much more. We are also changing the format of the podcast, but before we get into that, how is everyone doing and what is everyone carrying? Okay, well, I'm doing pretty good. I had a long drive, but I just got home 10 minutes ago. Um, But today I carried my uh, paramilitary 2 DLT sprint run and 20 cv um very very nice knife i really like it probably my favorite one of my favorite pm2 iterations so yeah jake um yeah i'm, I'm doing okay as well um and i'm carrying the booze blade smoke today um i'm doing pretty good too i carry the jd vd gold today because i don't know why i just picked it just a flex. Yeah, just flex. flex myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm good. Um, I'm carrying my Quiet Carry Drift that I actually bought off of Brian, and uh, I just got it, so um, I've been carrying it for the past few days, trying to see if I really like it or not. I didn't know Brian sold that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm yeah, selling he's... everything, so. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh, well, well, yeah, so I guess I should go next. Um. So I am carrying uh, the <laughs> the Parsons bug out. Um, basically, it's a bug out with scales made by Will. Um, that is the only knife I have left. Like oh that God. hasn't been put up for sale. Yeah. Um, basically, I went into debt for the first time in my life. I like even when I went to college, I went on scholarship money. I never went into debt or, or borrowed money from a bank or anything. I don't have a credit card, etc. Um, but yeah, so. You're you're not gonna hear much from me in terms of carry every week. It's just gonna be the bug out because I actually just don't have anything else. Um, what did you do to go into debt? What did you buy? Is there some well, sort of big purchase? Oh, a lot of stuff. I, I just bought. It's not one thing. Like you don't go into yeah. debt like buying one thing. You know. <laughs> well, you know, you might if you you know. Yeah. Okay. You buy well, a car. You go into debt. That's true. That's true. Um, cocaine. So, yeah. Yeah. Cocaine. So. For sure. I bought um, the pretty much. What did I? What did I even? Okay, so I bought I bought a bunch of stuff for reblading. So that's like knives to be rebladed, right? Which I don't count as collection because I'm gonna sell them as soon as they're rebladed. So that's more like materials. Um, I bought a bunch of steel, like three hundred dollars worth of steel. I bought a bunch of belts to grind that steel. I bought a bunch of bits to um, drill holes into the steel. <laughs> Like, it's just, it, was, it ended up being, like, um, $1,300. Dang. And then I, yeah, so I'm in debt to my sister now, because I borrowed from her. <laughs> hey, at least it's your family. Wait, are you selling your EWC as well? Sorry, what? Your EWC, are you keeping it? No, I already sold that. Oh, dang it, I missed it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, everything is gone. Everything is gone. So all your, every week, don't even ask me, it's just going to be bug out. And you rebladed that bug out already, didn't you? No, no, the bug out. Um, I just uh, regrinded it, and then I made uh, I made an Almax reblade, but I didn't feel like finishing it just because 
Uh, I mean, I have my own gripes with the bug out. I'd rather do the 940 ones, which I'm working on. So we'll get into that ni- later, though. Yeah, the 940 regrind looked cool. Yeah, so, but anyway, so that's nice. I'm glad to hear everyone is doing well. Um, you didn't go too in detail on your lives, which is okay. <laughs> I mean, we can. <laughs> Tell me everything. <laughs> no, we don't, we don't have to. We can um, that's move fine. On. So, move yeah. on to no, knives. We need this podcast to be like four hours. Yeah. I know. All right, so some housekeeping real quick. So from this episode onwards, we are changing the format of the podcast. We're going to start with the guest interview, move on to upcoming Knives and News, and then end on a main topic. Um, The reason for this change is because we had our first guest on um, last episode, um, Eric Zoliak of Indiana Knives, and we felt like we didn't get put enough of a focus on our guest. And like, I think, you know, having the guest interview first, like encourages like, you know, the guest to start talking first and like chime in on the topic later and stuff like that. So it just makes more sense yeah. to do the interview. First. It gets rid of their nerves, you know, yes. kind of gets them, exactly. gets them into the podcast more and yeah. hopefully will allow them to interact more later on in the podcast. So mm-hmm. hopefully that'll be a good change. I think it will be. Yep. And then uh, yeah, also no like them having one main topic makes more sense because like, I mean, if all the topics are going to be related anyways, we might, we might as well just have a main topic and then just talk about it in different ways or from different perspectives. So, um, mm-hmm. And Knives and News is just Knives and News. Um, okay, so let's start off with the guest interview. Uh, welcome, Will. Can you tell us a bit about yourself, please? Um, yeah, so my name's Will. Uh, I'm from California. Um, I'm 19 in college. Yeah. <laughs> you're a so, you're a knife you're a knife designer i i well aspiring i'm trying i'm trying to be yeah and so, a scale yeah. scale designer primarily right so right yeah all right so you, you're it's, a designer and but before we get into that i just kind of want to know a little bit more about who you are so you know what are you like studying in college um okay so i'm an engineering student um mechanical engineering um uh, yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well didn't you tell me at one point you were uh, were interested in like also like graphic design and stuff like that uh like product design yes. yeah yeah um yeah i'd like to focus on that as well um i'm not exactly sure if i'm gonna do like a minor or just full engineering but uh i have some time before i have to decide that so yeah i know for sure you have a, you have a lot of time so, since he's um yeah. since he's in a uh and a mechanical engineering major. That's why you get so much hands-on time in CAD, probably, right? Well, I guess you probably learned it from somewhere else. I know you're still not into your core classes, but... Um, well, actually, um, I I took an engineering class in high school. Uh, we did a little bit with CAD, but uh, other than that, I haven't taken a class on it. I, uh, I knew that I could get it for free from that class in high school, so I downloaded it uh, about two years ago now and uh i was basically just messing around with it trying to see uh, you know what i could make uh my first you know folder design wasn't definitely wasn't anything spectacular but uh i i just keep um learning how to do different things do them faster and uh yeah i think i'm getting there yeah i've i've seen your design your knife designs i like them i think they're really cool um i mean your scale design and your bug out scale design in particular they're very sleek um very cool i know they're not as you know like crazy milled as some of the other ones out there but they're definitely um good options i think they're well priced too for what they are um, well, thank you uh, yeah the, the 
the lack of milling is it has to do with my price point because um uh when i started making scales i i really wanted to uh provide a lower end option like a lower cost option to stiffen up the bug out and make it just feel uh, mm-hmm. nicer in the hand yeah and more premium mm-hmm. a lot of people were saying that it just felt like a cheap knife yeah and for 120 bucks people weren't really that happy with it and even though it was still popular so right uh when i started it was just uh I think me, Rock Scale, and maybe Rogue Blade Works, but yeah. uh, they were making titanium and carbon fiber, so right. I just wanted to provide so, um, a little bit lower cost. Let's let's reel it back. I think. How did you get into knives? Like, what? Let's start. You know, what was your first knife? Okay. Well, um, I've always been interested in knives. Uh, I, my dad's given me a few over the years. You know, a Swiss Army knife, and I think he got me a Kershaw Leak. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh the first one I bought myself was uh can't I don't know if I can remember the name, but it was it was an assisted Kershaw with a recurve and a bead blasted eight CR blade. <laughs> and those are still things that you enjoy in knives, right? Oh yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like hey, let um, me just name every Kershaw real quick and then we can we can guess what Kershaw it was. It's like a thousand. Uh, yeah. I, I think it uh, perished because of the bead blast on the blade. I think it just got a lot of rust on it. Uh, but yeah, I've been, uh, throughout my life, I've been uh, involved in a few different use cases. And I think it like kind of helped me understand maybe different perspectives in this community. So uh, a few years ago, I've, I had some really uh, heavy outdoor experience. Uh, it was mostly fixed blades um, I used to go to a camp in northern Ontario, and it was a lot of wood processing, you know, collecting firewood and just camp stuff, so I it was a lot, like, way more into fixed blades back then. And then I've had a few jobs that involved a lot of heavy cardboard processing, and, uh, you know, as you can imagine, that's when I really got into geometry and higher-end steels. Uh, just because I had to cut so much cardboard and, and it was like double, triple wall, you know? Yeah. Um, yes. So I guess that makes sense. You're saying like, <laughs> so as you, you know, went to those different um, kind of uh, workplaces, you know, I know not all of them were workplaces, but places you were using knives to work with, you, mm-hmm. you graduated in kind of the different knives you wanted. Yeah, basically. Like I'm not really into fixed blades anymore, but uh, I still know kind of what, what to look for. Uh, just because of that right uh, use I've gotten in the past. That makes sense. Um, so when, when did you really start collecting? Were you always collecting during that time, like from when you started with the leak and all that stuff, or did it really uh, pick up at a certain time of your life? Well, it was back then it was more what I needed, and uh, this hobby's not really about what you need. Uh, anymore at least from where <laughs> I am uh, so I just had something that was the best at the job that I needed to do mm-hmm. uh, but uh, it was about a year oh, a little over a year and a half ago I think uh, I started at another job and uh, it just involved a lot of heavy cardboard cutting so I just wanted to get a, a nice folder that I could carry to work and uh process that cardboard without having to use the box cutters that they provided mm-hmm. and i 
decided on a Kaiser Vanguard Gemini, and I just really liked it. Actually, or sorry, sorry, it was a Dukes Kaiser Vanguard Dukes, and I just really liked the thing. Uh, it was my first non-assisted knife, and I was just pretty amazed at the bearings and the VG10 steel, which, I mean, it doesn't sound that nice anymore, but mm -hmm. I was coming from like 8CR13 MOB and just poor geometry and such, so that was a pretty cool first knife. So and it's like upgrades. It really, yeah, for sure. And for and, a good price, too. Their mm -hmm. prices are really well for what they are. Yeah. I think it was like $65. Yeah. Uh, so, so this is why yeah. you're a recurve junkie now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one had some recurve too. Uh, I was, before buying that, I was just doing a lot of research on like the best steel. And um, that knife is actually where I, f I found the Nick Chavez review channel. Uh, it was one of his early reviews was the Vanguard Dukes and that kind of, his positive review kind of made me want to pick it up. So yeah, for sure. Um, you know, so I, I we should uh, mention that we all know Will from the Discord, the Knife Club Discord. Yeah. Um, so you know, we're, we're that's why we're joking every now and then, like, hey, you like recurves, right? Because we know he doesn't. <laughs> but um, you know, when I first joined the Discord, the the two things that I knew about you were that one, you did some, you made some aftermarket parts for the CRKT Pilar. And two, you made aftermarket scales for the Benchmade bug out. And so I want to know how you got into doing that particularly. Okay, well, uh, actually the the first uh, kind of professional business-oriented thing that I started doing this hobby was uh, professional sharpening. And that basically started when I picked up a KME from the Reddit Knife Club, or sorry, Knife Swap uh, Reddit. And I was just trying to pay it off, basically, with, sh with doing sharpening rocks <laughs> for other people. Because it was, it was like, twice as expensive as the, my most expensive knife at that point. And uh, so, yeah, I was just hoping to, like, kind of make some of the money back on that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I guess, I don't know, I, I got kind of used to, or not used to, but uh, a little bit of, like, experience with the professional world of the hobby. And uh, when I saw that the bug outs were getting popular and I got my own, I just thought, you know, this feels, <laughs> it doesn't feel very nice for the, how much, how expensive it is, so, uh, I kind of wanted to get some upgraded scales for it, um, and I was just looking around, and they were all, you know, 120, 140 bucks, so I just wanted to put a lower cost option out there to just make it feel nicer in the hand. And then the Pilar washers were kind of, they came later after the first version of the Bugout scales, but I've done a few different versions of the scales with just some improvements on the models, some lightning pockets, and uh, a little bit of contouring and such. Uh, I had picked up a S35VN and carbon fiber Pilar, uh, and I just, I really didn't like the Teflon, and I've heard people complain about it, so... Uh, I put a survey on Reddit just to, like, feel for interest, and I got a pretty good response, so I, you know, I just I just got a batch made, custom made, and started selling them. Right, and you, you, um, you contract that out, basically, right, for the yeah, washers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't really have a, a setup to punch washers out of, yeah, uh, bronze sheets, but, um, yeah, I made sure that they're, like, 
a good company and i uh tried them out on mine just to make sure they fit and everything so yeah i mean i think they make it feel a lot a lot nicer just because they're they're made with just better tolerances than the crkt uh <laughs> washers i i've heard of some of them not even coming with like missing a washer or <laughs> just, have a double washer yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know well, they, i mean they're cheap the pilar is a mixed bag nice. the pilar is a mixed bag and what you're gonna get like uh when yeah. when carbidize showed like the different <laughs> lengths of the screws and all that i was <laughs> that was that was wild well yeah, yeah there's I a little variance for sure <laughs> they use uh, several different factories for just random patches of them because he was showing pictures of like you know several and they had completely different kinds of chamfering some of them had like uh, edge fillets and rounding on the edges and others had like flat chamfers it was just like wow <laughs> yeah it's, that's not really the same at all it's crazy. actually um yeah, your washers were the first thing that i bought from from you this is before discord and i put them on my large pilar uh-huh. the only thing i really liked about that knife was the action because it once those washers were on there and they had been polished down a little bit it it flipped amazingly but the rest of the knife is just so <laughs> crap rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've been, I wasn't going to be that mean, but yeah. I've it's, been it's kind crap. of uh, attempting to fix my Pilars. It, it came better than most, actually. It didn't have a burr on the lock face and uh, anything like that, but the whole back of it was kind of ground at a slant, so like one side is, sticks out more than the other and everything, so uh, I got the... Uh, scale from from carbidize and a backspacer from him and uh you know i'm just replacing parts slowly trying to make it uh fit a little bit better knife. yeah so um <clears throat> you know I, I think it's i mean honestly when i first joined the discord i was really impressed by just how much stuff you were doing because you are only 19 i don't mean that as like a you're only 19 but it's like in an impressive way like you're pretty young you know you have a lot of time ahead of you to do other things you're still in college and so it's, i think it's really cool that you know you're 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 already engaged in the community in this way and so what i want to know is what are some of your future plans so these days you know uh you've heard about some of my uh issues with making scales especially for that specific model um there's some uh design flaws maybe production issues and uh i don't know um it's a saturated market the scale market so i've been trying to branch out into uh like a designing a an entire knife myself so i've i think uh my latest one is my 13th actually uh i've just been designing them in my cad program and uh sharing them around a little bit, seeing what I can improve on, and uh, hopefully I can get one of them sold pretty soon. So the goal company. is kind of um, designing a knife and selling that design to a production company. Yeah, that's that would be like the first step into becoming a knife designer. I'm hoping I can get further than that, but yeah, the first step is definitely like just selling a design. It doesn't have to be much money at all, uh, just... just basically to get a qualification right because right now it's it's hard to kind of enter the, the the business when i ha- i don't have any real experience like i haven't sold anything uh yeah. to any other company so 
Well, that's a big step doing, you know, selling your first design and that can really get your name out there a lot more so than, than the stuff you've been doing already. Although that does give you some credibility if, you know, a company's selling your knife and they're selling a bunch of them, you know, it's, it's going to look a lot better to other companies if you're trying to sell other designs mm-hmm. or if people are going to buy your, your design just for, you know, consumer. Well, I think the best yeah. part for him is that, uh, he's already told us that he has a, he basically has a portfolio built that he can show companies for them to look through. So they have kind of a variety um, to choose from to see kind of like the strengths and weaknesses in his design process. So hopefully it works out. I think Will's definitely got a good chance at getting picked up eventually. I hope. I want to buy a design from him. But, yes, well, you know, that's the interesting thing is that you know, the reality is that companies are very averse to risk. We see that a lot in, in this industry where companies don't want to change anything. Um, and so it's it's more difficult for a newer designer to sell a good design than it is for a well-known designer to sell a bad design, right? Because once... Oh, we've seen that a lot. Yeah, I mean, because, like, let's be honest. Like, there's so many bad designs that get sold just because of the name, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't, I don't mean that to insult yeah. anyone. Obviously, they got their name because they made some good designs. But, you know, they also sell their worst designs more easily because of the name that they've established over time. Um, That's true. But, yeah. So, yeah. And then, you know, but there was an interesting thing that Will said that I wanted to ask about. So, when you were saying that the scale market is saturated, do you think it's, are you talking about the bug out specifically because it's been around so long and so many people have started making scales for it? Or do you mean in general, like scales as a whole, um, there's not much room for people to enter that market anymore? Well, uh, definitely the, you know, the bug out market is super saturated. It was, uh, it was pretty, pretty easy to carve out my, my space when it was me, Rockscale, Rockscale and, uh, Rogue Bladeworks. But, uh, as more people entered in, in the lower cost option, that's kind of where I've always been, um, you know, the lower cost cause I work with aluminum and, uh, everything like that. But, uh, especially when Flytanium entered, they're, just a, a big company and yeah. uh you know they're putting out 30 35 dollar bug out scales now and uh yeah it's it's causing some issues for everyone yeah very cheap <laughs> i yeah. guess well at this point they're basically a production company for other production companies right like they're not you couldn't yeah, really yeah. call them like an aftermarket <laughs> like you know like a traditional aftermarket no, they're maker now. like they're, they are mass producing um mm-hmm. yeah so and I mean, even Rogue Blade Works has uh, at least several people, but uh, just not that scale. Uh, they also make titanium ones for, I think, 70, 70 or $80, which, you know, that causes issues That's for crazy. rock scale, too. Now, that's uh, interesting to me because, I mean, this isn't really related to the interview, but I just really want to ask this because I just thought that came up. Um, you know, so let's, let's imagine that Flytanium, you know, they're already big, but they get even bigger and they start becoming this, you know, basically mass production company. Um, and so let's say like a popular design comes out and they try to corner the market by, you know, making that, making scales of like every conceivable material for that knife. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, before anyone else can in large quantities before even the company itself who made the knife can, right? Because companies sometimes want to do that. They want to re-release a knife with different materials, right? Different scale, whatever. Yeah. Um, that sort of takes away that opportunity from the company if you do it at the scale that Flytanium is. So I'm just wondering, like, is that a concern for companies going forward where they might be like, oh, you can't make 
you know, aftermarket things and sell them. You know, that's actually a good point. I'd, I've never really thought about it that way. But yeah, I mean, they might they might get in trouble with, with a company uh, if, say, with, um, I don't know, the bug out, how they're planning a G10 version. Mm-hmm. If they just started pumping out tons and tons of those, you know, it might really hurt Benchmade sales. And uh, Well, like you said, their G10 scales are only like $35, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. But right, if, so before... If, if someone yeah. already has a bug out, why would they sell theirs and then buy this new bug out when they can just slap G10 on there for 30 Exactly, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Y- yeah, you get the blade upgrade, but, you know, it's like, it's interesting in that sense that, like, companies want to iterate, right? They want to capitalize on a popular design and continue to use that same design in different materials if someone else is you know taking away that opportunity in a large scale because you know at the at, you know before like the scale market was not that large right so companies weren't very concerned no, it's grown a lot if anything the, um it's it's a relationship that has changed in my opinion where at first um aftermarket scale makers were helping co- uh, companies sell knives because people would only buy the knife given that the scale option was available right because i only bought mm-hmm. a bug out because i could buy your scales for them um, otherwise, the bug out yeah, is not same. interesting for me. But, you know, at the point at which, you know, you get flytanium level, like that that scale where you're just like taking every part of the market, even from the company itself who made the knife and designed it, it I can see it becoming a problem moving forward as they get to be a bigger and bigger company. But that's that's for a separate – that's for the main yeah, topic, it, I guess. We'll get there later. It could. It just – we're just going to have to wait and see how it plays out and see how much, um, fl- you know, flytanium, flytanium eats – Benchmade's market, um, especially in relation to the their new G10 version of the bug out. Um, but you know, I the knife companies, the knife manufacturers, um, I I don't think they've ever saw the uh, scale market as a big predator because um, you still have to buy the knife first. <laughs> yeah, you still have to buy the knife first. So. Um, it's more of a problem for like sprint runs. So like, like er, sprint runs and, mm-hmm. um, you know, special versions of knives, like the right. new G10 bug out. Yeah. Right. Cause you know, so, this bug out, they, they're not trying to sell it to new people. They're trying to sell it to people who already have bug outs and as an upgrade, um, you know, like, yeah. cause most of the people who want bug outs have bug outs. Like they, they're clearly aiming this at that same market, pretty much the same you demographic. Mean, you mean want like the new 20 CV G10 bug out? Exactly. Yeah. 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 I don't know we'll why. We'll talk about that with upcoming news, though. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, next question. So I want to talk a little bit about designing knives um, from your perspective, because you know you said you've you've made about 13 designs, and so. I want to know, you know, what what do you think about when you're designing a knife? Like, what are like, do you have like core principles that you follow? Like, do you just start with a blank slate and then just start going to town on CAD? Like, how does the process start? Well, when I first started out, I uh, just started with a, a pencil and paper, and then I just uh, cut out the shapes and put a pin through where I thought the pivot should go, and you know, see how it works folded. But uh, I realized that I don't really have to actually do that step because uh, then it was a big hassle importing the shape into CAD and everything like that so now when I start a design I just I think about the the size range that I want it to be and I kind of just put like a line for how long the blade would be and a line for how long the handle would be uh, maybe a line for how tall I think it should be and then I just start um, you know uh, 
<laughs> designing basically just see see what looks cool uh and then after that uh just make sure it works well folded uh usually that's a lot of moving the pivot around to different places and just seeing you know if the the edge is too close to the the, the top of the handle closed or uh if the tip sticks out of the the back of the handle when it's closed and st- stuff like that where you just you can't really normally tell when you're designing that so um, you kind of start with the dimensions where you're like the knife is going to be about the size within this frame what can i produce yeah and sometimes that changes uh i i've i have a restriction at my college that uh for for people listening that uh it's it's restricting knives that i carry to 2.5 inches or less in the blade length and so i've attempted like many times to make designs that are 2.5 inches in the like blade length and you know not much longer in the handle just trying to make something that i would i would carry at school basically but uh i usually just <laughs> i end up uh making a design in that size that i like and then realizing that it it just won't work that small and i just end up scaling it up hmm. so it doesn't have to stick to the initial uh dimensions and usually what happens is i scale it up now when you say that it doesn't work it's still i'm assuming that it still works in the sense that it closes and like you know it functions but you're saying that it doesn't work maybe in the sense of like the ergonomics are off or something or what yeah i mean just like looking at a design that i've made uh in, in a in a tiny little size uh not only would i have to think about ergonomics uh, you know, which is really small for a knife that, or sorry, it's really hard for a knife that small. Uh, it's just not a lot of room to work with, uh, which is why I, I'm impressed with the the Pilar design actually. Uh, but uh, not only that, but then there's also standard sizes for everything in the knife community. So there's standard bearings that you need to use. Uh, they just they get only so small, and and they don't get smaller than that unless you find some really special ones from somewhere and, uh, and it would increase cost to have to make something right different because yeah anything that you do that's out of the norm for a production company is going to increase their cost uh and then also you know the stop pin and everything like that so just keeping fitting all that into the pivot area is, is also one of the things that has made me have to scale up some designs as well yeah I have one last pair of questions, and then we're going to talk more about this um, in the main topic because that is about knife design. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, last pair of questions is, what is your favorite thing about the knife community, and what is the most frustrating? Well, uh, first one's easy. Uh, the best thing about this community is, well, the community, uh, the people that I've met here, uh, you know, all of you, uh, I've made a lot of friends in the community and just met a lot of really cool people. Got to try a lot of cool knives. Uh, and I, I've never been part of a community that's just, you know, so generous and... Trustworthy. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Trustworthy. I, I've yeah. never been sent several thousand dollars of people's stuff before. So, you know, uh, yeah, it's just a really unique place. And I think it draws a lot of people that way. Yeah, um, uh, another thing I want to point out really quick, actually, to our listeners is that uh, uh, Will is actually really involved in the community, but other than knife design, he's actually one of my uh, fellow moderators on the Knife Club Discord. 
So yeah, I I talk to him every day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've sent a few messages on there. <laughs> Just a couple. Just a and couple hundred thousand. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm I'm nearing two hundred thousand. You're like one hundred sixty-five thousand or something. Like that. <laughs> uh, actually, Jake, you're you're catching up to me. You're always beating me in the weekly the message count. Not currently, but I'm gonna get there. Wait, okay. where am I? Pokemon's I should be at the top. Me. You're you're actually above me right now, Brian. I know. Really? Okay. I am. I'm the king. Yeah. Brian spans because all his stuff's out at Heat Treat. He has yeah. a lot more time, huh? Um, <laughs> so, anyways, back on topic. What's the most frustrating thing? Yeah, uh, I mean, there's not that much I don't like about the community. Honestly, I guess maybe just uh, like the the few scammers that are out there in the community. Uh, I, they got me once, uh, but it's pretty rare, and and they usually get called out really fast. So, and then I guess price gougers like oh yeah people that buy like yeah. the crew car to sprint and then flip it for 400 bucks or <laughs> that or guy that has them. five of them yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i guess that's the only real thing yeah I, I have i have many things but it's okay <laughs> you're just a get, frustrated person brian i know i get i get mad so easily like oh, <laughs> whatever it's not it's not about me okay let's move on so um the next thing we're on to is upcoming knives and news and we already mentioned this but the very first thing we want to talk about is a new bug out um new iteration in 20 cv blade steel and uh some interesting g10 handles if you guys want to talk about that who the heck <laughs> thought this was a good idea why i think it's a wonderful these idea. scales look like trash i'm sorry but listen but you're okay you're already paying a, a big premium to have that butterfly on the blade now you can get one on the hand and, and, and pay probably another two 80 times, bucks for it why? two times butterfly tax so the ba- basically the exactly. way this new bug out looks the new 20 cv bug out it's g10 scales mm. um and uh the basically the center part of the scales are a natural looking g10 like an undyed basically g10 um and then there's a blue dyed portion of the butterfly in the middle of them and it's very fuzzy looking like it's not even like <laughs> yeah somebody's been playing with red dye yeah it's yeah. not even like very defined it's a very fuzzy looking butterfly and then the bottom you only know it's a butterfly because it's yeah. Yes. And then, no, honestly, when I when I, I saw that, I thought, you know, when you when they shoot the bat signal into the clouds and it's kind of hazy, <laughs> like that's what I thought. I was like, wow, it's so hazy. It's like a bat signal. Yeah, but, it yeah, really I mean, is hazy. And then they've for so here's another interesting part of these scales, right? For for some reason, the center scale, I mean, oh the center gosh. screw, right, uh, next to the butterfly, it it's like flush with the natural g10 like the there's no blue outline but on the little backspacer scale um to the right of that they've got this weird blue outline to it right like i don't know why that's there and then the bottom portion with the where the clip would be that's completely blue it's just it's not it's weird it looks like they left it looks like it's rubbing off like the blue coating has come off over time or something but just not not in a, a intentional way really yeah I mean, it's around yeah, around the clip holes. It's it's the the natural G10 color, and then it looks bad, I mean, Benchmade. I know you can make good looking. <laughs> I know you can make good looking G10 scales. I own a full sized uh, Griptilian. I like my grip. It looks good. It's got well, G10 scale. It looks way better than this. I can't okay, believe yeah, that's what pisses me off. There's, the, the, there's no good G10, but this is just like a, oh. the, 
<laughs> but if you look at the line on the back, it comes up about three fourths of the way and then stops. Yeah, <laughs> now, right around the axis here's bar. The most important thing we need to mention is the price. <laughs> How much it is, is it? Two hundred dollars. No. What? <laughs> <laughs> Why? That's not, well, so that's not the only thing. So it's two hundred dollars, but also has an HRC range for the twenty CV. It's um okay. fifty eight to sixty. <laughs> now I wonder what side of that it's going to be on. I don't know. <laughs> That's a pretty big variation. But uh, 58 to 60, I'm assuming it's going to be like 57, 58, probably. I don't know. Maybe I'll give Benjamin a little credit. They've done some 20 CV okay in the past. Um, but yeah, the price bad. either way is uh, let's compare it to other knives that we know of that are in M390. <laughs> you know, like, what do you get at $200 for an M390 uh, knife? Like, well, here's uh, Isham Abstruse. <laughs> That's one, yeah. I mean, Right off That's the bat. That's a full tie. Well, my, listen, my, uh, the PM2 I'm carrying today, 20CV G10 scales, it was 145 on DLT when I bought it, and it was a sprint run. You can get an M390 Tucson for like 45. <laughs> well, that's, that one's questionable because Tucson M390 is kind of <laughs> yeah. questionable. But yeah. but yeah. I think, I think the really best comparison is Spyderco, which is a comparatively you know uh, popular production company in our community. Right? Yeah, Spyderco got... can, yeah. They've got another, you know, creature as their their insignia. So, <laughs> well, there there are a few considerations for this price point. I, I'm not sure that it's completely unreasonable, in my opinion. Just uh, if you look at the standard grip versus the uh, the standard grip Tillion versus the Dash One variants with, you know, Mill G10 and the 20 CV blade, uh, you could you see a similar price increase, right? No, you're and, completely and, uh, right. And actually, I want to connect this back to what we were talking about before. Because the reason why it looks bad is because of flytanium. And let me let me explain that. So <laughs> you, let's say you buy your traditional bug out about 110 bucks. Okay. Yep. Now let's say you buy flytanium G10 scales. How much does it cost now? About 145 bucks, 35. right? Jesus. Okay. Now that means that for the just for a 20 CV blade upgrade, you're paying about 55 bucks. Okay. Um, when you look at it that way, it looks really bad, right? And S30B yeah. is a fine steel. It's yes. not like it's a bad steel to begin with. Right, but it's because of the comparison to the secondary market G10 scales that already exist that it looks worse. Whereas if this got released in a vacuum against the original bug out with no other scales existing, I don't think I would have looked at it this way. But I calculated it in my head based on what I know are already available options. I still don't think it would sell very well just because of that. <laughs> scale listen to this right so i've got Weird. the the full scott full-sized uh benchmade griptilian pulled up same one i have in 20 cv um g10 and you know this isn't like just flat g10 like flat standard g10 and they got little contouring and little milling line diamond things all over it and they've got different the inside is dyed blue and all that all that crap um and this is 178 and 50 uh dollars and 50 cents on Blade HQ. Doesn't that have liners too? Uh not full liners. Yeah. <laughs> but but still. So there's so there's more material. It's more heavily contoured. It's gotta be the rit die guys. <laughs> the rit the rit die. <laughs> that's that's a hey, die job. That, that 30 you bucks. know what Blade HQ calls that color? They say it's green. <laughs> Call it green? 
Uh, like the jade G10? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks jade. Didn't jade they call G10, it natural? Sort of. I thought they jade. called it natural. Well, no, so... Well, I've heard both. See, the description says jade G10, and then in the specs it says green, so I must assume that the other color is what they're referring to. So, is this <laughs> is this MSRP price the... How much was it? 200-something? No, so I've the MSRP it, is 230 The actual price on Blade HQ what? is 196 Oh my oh. god, you're <laughs> kidding me. I mean, to me, oh. this this shows just how, you know, crazy the the flytanium prices are for for G10 scales. Yes, exactly. If a company, they've got to be just pumping them out. Be, you know, Benchmade is a huge company, and if they can't even, <laughs> if they can't even match their uh, flytanium price prices, then I mean, yeah, it's 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 amazing. I'm not sure how they do it. Honestly. So let me ask you guys this: Do you think this new twenty uh, CV bug out will have the um, the the grinding that the current ones do? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. But- so I think the so what we're referring to is um, there's a problem where when the ax the tang of the blade contacts the axis bar, it's extremely gritty. Now you won't notice this if you fully disengage it and let it fall shut, but if you try to manually close it, it's not going to be possible sometimes on some of these blades. Um, yeah, it feels like sandpaper right. when you're closing Worse it. than sandpaper, Finger, honestly. Yeah. Um, so the reason why I think it's still going to happen is because it's still titanium. It's still titanium access bar. Um, the other access locks all have steel access bars, and they are perfectly fine. Um, but... If I could replace mine, I would at this point. There's the titanium another consideration, though. Like, it's not just the titanium, right? It's a combination... Because, okay... Uh, my first, my bug out is from the very first run of bug outs. I got it really soon after they came out. Uh, and it didn't have problems for, you know, I've had it for a year and it never had problems mm-hmm. and it still had the titanium access bar. So what I'm thinking is it's some kind of machining chatter on the tang combined with the titanium access bars, maybe being softer than normal because, um, I put the, uh, a t- I, like a newer titanium access bar in mine, which never had problems before, and uh, yeah, it started to have issues as well. So basically, uh, will did a I, transplant. <laughs> yeah, and I put my old titanium access bar in in the new one that was already having problems, and it it ruined my access bar that was having no issues before. <laughs> like it it oh it ate the uh, the bar diameter down significantly to where there was like a lot of vertical blade play now so let's let's separate these two issues real quick so the first problem for people who don't really understand what happens when titanium meets steel um it sort of can cause galling which is like where it's like it gets to kind of like sticky almost right that's that's why sometimes you see like lock stick uh, between like a steel blade and a titanium lock bar that hasn't been properly treated um, so what's happening is Benchmade actually coats their titanium uh, access bars, which I think is because they realize that if they don't coat it, there's going to be a problem when the steel and the titanium contact, right? Now, the reason why that com- just blows my mind is because I don't see any benefit to titanium. <laughs> like, if you're covering it anyway, you know, like you might as well just use steel from the beginning. Um, if the reason why you're using... Titan- titanium is to be rust proof while well, coating it makes it you know what I mean like I don't I'm not seeing like why those things are happening separately 
But the other thing is, you know, that coating wears off. Like, you are constantly banging the knife into the access bar. That's how the access lock works. And so that coating was never going to last to begin with. So this this is a problem that they should have foreseen and avoided, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, to me, it's just a really strange idea because, you know, I, I had a bug out for months before I, re- I even realized that that part was titanium because they just weren't advertising it like I thought they would have if it was titanium. Just, you know, there's more cost and everything. Uh, and they claim... I can't remember where I saw it, but they claim it's for weight reduction, which, which is, is like, kind of funny because it's what? it's a tiny, yeah. tiny little part. Uh, <laughs> weight reduction. can't weigh anything. Yeah, so because, you know, the bug out's meant to be a super lightweight carry. Then why not use titanium screws as well? <laughs> yeah, well, G-10 they have their own problems, well. but, <laughs> but yeah. you know, so, so it sounds more like a marketing thing to me, but then they didn't really market it either, so... I don't know. I'm. That's a <laughs> seems like a strange decision. All at all, all in all. Yeah, it's... definitely a weird decision for Benchmade to make. Like, I just don't understand it at all. Really. <laughs> I don't, don't try to understand don't it. You'll it. drive yourself insane. <laughs> I don't understand anything about this knife. I was like, oh man, it's twenty CV. I can't wait to see what it looks like, and it looks like crap. So we're all buying it, right? The, the silver body screws. I, I think that doesn't help either. <laughs> Yes, yeah. and I have one last horror story. Um, so one of our friends on the Discord, uh, Jay, sent me his bug out, and his bug out's axis bar, you know how they're supposed to be cylinders? They're supposed to be round? Uh, it's <laughs> literally a square. <laughs> it's a how? square from the impact of the blade on the axis bar has transformed it into a square over time. Oh my so, god. Yeah, it like grinds, it grinds away material because I think the tang is rough and the titanium is soft. Yeah. So on on mine, it was turning in there, like it was turning in the little place in the slot, uh, around and around, and that's how it got to be a smaller diameter. But I'm guessing that Jay's, it wasn't turning, so it was just scraping off one area and just making it square, which is good. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, no. So what it did is it it hit the axis bar over and over again in one spot, making it square because it wasn't turning, and eventually it moved it it made it so square that it started to turn. At which point another part got into being flat and now it's a square so this this is amazing benchmade um never do this again please just use, <laughs> just use steel axe mm-hmm. bars they've worked for you forever no one ever complained about well some people still do but most most people don't complain about the steel axe bar it's at least better than the titanium axe bar so. but brian they're so heavy <laughs> yeah exactly um, I, can't, I can't even actuate it it's so heavy i can't <laughs> like two gram difference dude <laughs> okay. all right so let's move time. on to the next yeah. knife um, the next knife we have is the Vero Impulse has begun shipping. Now, I know nothing about this knife, so it's all you guys. Ooh. I do. I, I actually bought one of these. Um, so they're made by Best Tech. It's designed by this guy named Joseph Vero. Um, the price is a little high, in my opinion, but I already bought it. So um, the the base price on these, uh, 285 they only ran 100 of them. So if you missed them, I don't know if he's doing more in the future or what. Um, but yeah, they, they've been shipping out the uh, plain tie handle versions with either Timascus hardware or anodized hardware. Um, mine's full anodized, so I don't have it in hand yet. But I will definitely uh, be giving my impressions of it on the podcast briefly. What what steel are these? These are in um, uh, M390. Okay, so M390. Look- All my quiet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, M390... It's uh okay, full full TI. 
anodized and looks like a front flipper? Uh, no, it actually has a, uh, uh, you know the uh, booze. Oh, now. oh, oh! It has the the the. I see it now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay, like a like small squared off. Yes, yeah. yeah. Kind of oh, like the old Quikins way back a... when they modified the Quikins to not have the flipper sticking out. Yeah, that's kind of oh, yeah. cool. It also that has a uh, a pocket milled out so you can spidey flick it. Word. Yeah, it's. I like the um, knife. It's like a weird so... square fuller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is this how big is this knife? I can't really tell from this picture. Um. I can't find any stats on it anymore. I think it's like a 3.5 okay. inch blade. So it's it's a relatively large knife uh, considering the handle to blade ratio is a little... So yeah, definitely the price is a little steep off. comparatively speaking oh, yeah. to other best tech knives that are also M390, also full TI, and also around the same size. It looks nice though. And you know, there's obviously that designer premium. You have to pay the designer yep. um, So for his work. So that's, that's also a factor. Um, but... It looks good to me. I mean, it's not for me personally, but it's one of those knives, like I said, well, like we talked about in previous podcasts, where I can be like, I wouldn't buy it myself, but it looks good. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, the design's really what sold me very on it, for sure. It's, it's very odd, kind of like boxy looking. I'm curious to see how it'll how it'll be in the I hands. Think, we'll see. I think the price has to do with the fact that this is his first collaboration, and he only did 100 of them. Ah, so they didn't... Okay, that that's oh, a big factor, too, if it's a size. small batch, right? Yeah. Yeah. Small yeah. batch just increases cost per unit. Yeah, people people don't... People really underestimate the extent to which mass production lowers costs. Like, it is unreal. Like, because every... Well, I think he could have ran more of these, because these sold yeah. out in one day. But yeah, every everyone so. everyone knows that, you know, small batch means higher price, but people don't appreciate that, how much it is, really. Like, um, to give... One example, um, I have some knives at Heat Treat right now. So if I if I send in one blade, it's $33 per blade. Like, it's ridiculously expensive to Heat Treat one blade. And that's not counting shipping, which is another, like, $8. So it's, like, $41 to, to Heat Treat one blade. If I send 20 knives in, then it becomes $10 per blade. So a third of the price. Oh, wow. If I said, you know, that's only tw- from 1 to 20. Imagine <laughs> making 100. Yeah. Imagine making 1,000. Like, the 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 margins are so skewed towards, obviously, larger batches that I think people, when you when you see a small batch, you, you should expect a higher price and realize you're not getting gouged by the maker. He's not trying to rip you off. That's literally how much it costs for him to make it and make a profit. Um, so that's mm-hmm. something to and- consider. With something like you know production batches of a of a new design, there's just upfront cost with fixturing and yes, pr- yes. you know prep prepping design or uh, production lines for that design. So mm-hmm. as you you get into making more, the upfront cost is just divided by more and more. Yeah, and uh, and, and there's one more yeah. thing too. Um, you know, Best Tech does not have machine like no company has machines that are not being used. Okay, it's all capital, so they always have it yeah. being used. If you're making this knife, you have to make new fixtures and dedicate machines that were being used for other purposes to making that knife now. So it's it, there's a lot of reasons why the cost definitely is going to be higher than you know the knives I mentioned that were cheaper from the same company. Um, I, I I honestly believe that this is what it costs to make this knife at a decent margin. Yeah, they're not making much profit off this yeah. knife. I feel like. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like I'm, I'm getting ripped off at all in the price. Um, or I wouldn't have exactly. bought it. Yeah, honestly. yes, it's exactly. Just, mm-hmm. It's it just seems a little high, and that may be just because of how saturated the market is right now with titanium M three ninety flippers. Right. So I guess um, the way we could phrase it is it's it's a fair price, but it's still high relative to other knives yeah. that have different uh, production sort of criteria. 
Yeah, it's a very attractive For knife. Sure. It's got an interesting like grind on the front. I don't know what you call that. Um, yeah, Tonto esque. Um, Isn't like a Japanese Tonto something. kind of Sorry. reverse, reverse yeah. Japanese yeah, it kind of has Tonto. Kind of like swoop. <laughs> it's almost it's almost it like a sponto it it's almost cool. like a sponto you know yeah i, you know I, I like it about? yeah i can see yeah. that oh you you mean like the the secondary grind at the tip yeah it's like to replace a distal taper mm-hmm. you can also do that to get now, to your thin tip oh. who, who does the handwork does best tech do the the hand satin i'm oh sure yeah um yeah, I believe so, or he wouldn't be putting out these, because he just got these knives in, okay. I think, a uh, uh, week or two ago. No, I was just wondering, because so yeah, I've never seen Vestek do a hand satin, but I'm also not <laughs> um, very well The anodizing is all him, yeah. though. Yeah. Uh, so he, he's doing all the anodizing and um, all the assembly, I believe. Um, but yeah, I think everything else is done by Vestek. So cool. next knife is uh yeah next knife is also very cool. Um, oh yeah. We got a mid, yeah, we got a mid tech deadlock in the house coming. Um, yeah, in house in house gonna be completely made by the uh, by the Hawks. Um, if you don't know what the deadlock is, it is an out the front automatic knife, uh, double action, so you can open it and close it. Um, you know without any manual work. Um, and the interesting thing about the deadlock, the reason why it's called the deadlock, I think, is because uh, there's no play. Most out the front knives yeah, have play, you know, a little, just a little bit, you know, depending on the quality yeah. um, of, you know, a, a, little, a little bit of blade play. And um, the deadlock is known for having none. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what makes it really, really cool. Um, that's what makes it the coolest OTF, in my opinion, um, because blade play just bothers me. I know it's not a big deal. It's not it's and I do want to stress that it is perfectly safe to have a little bit of blade play in your OTF. Just no, based on yeah, design. It's completely yeah, none natural. Of the, none of the ones I've had are like. It's just, but if I could get this for like, if it's under six or seven hundred dollars, I'll probably Mm -hmm. pick it up. Just just for that, play is just very. I mean, blade play and out the fronts is just for the most part a given. Just it's just by yeah, it's become it's because of the design. It's just because of the lock design how it works. Um, There's not really a good way um, other than I don't really know how the hawks are doing it, but. I'm sure there's, you know, cost reasons why most companies aren't uh, doing it the same way. There is a disassembly video that um, I think uh, Gavin did on YouTube if you're interested in looking at the internals of it. Um, it's a little bit long, but he kind of goes through and explains how all of that was done. I haven't had a chance to watch it, but if you're curious about how they get that lock up, that would be mm-hmm. a place to go. Yeah, definitely interested in the price, and it is truly an innovative design. So oh, yeah. that is what makes it Which special. Does like, all for time. all these knives that are just, you know, the same, same thing every single time, this is a knife that is truly unique and may be coming to us at an affordable price. That is that is truly special. So, you know, hats off to them. Yep. Um, That's interesting. Uh, yeah, and another company that I want to um, give some praise to is Quiet Carry. So Quiet Carry has released The Drift. Um, it is one of the very few production um, Vanax folders out there. It won Best EDC Folder of 2019 at Blade Show West and also got a lot of props in uh, Stasa 23's YouTube video. So, yeah. People people love this knife. It's crazy. Like, I haven't seen a knife got, get this much love in a long time, and I actually want one now just because of how good it looks. It just looks so cool. I still don't like the design. I don't. I don't know. It, it may just be me, but 
the the Vanex blade, the LC two hundred in lock bar. That's like an awesome, awesome little touch. Um, it, it's I've heard no bad things about it at all, and I, I think it's been a really successful launch. For oh them. yeah. Um, have they dropped the the uh, regular line at all yet? No. Jeez. No. It was so it's still just the uh, urban EDC versions that are yeah, out there. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I was asking them before I got mine. I was asking them about it, and they just said that it, they didn't really know when it was dropping. So there might be some production delay or something like that. Oh wow! And so we we did talk about this knife before. Um, but yeah, we I talked just, about it yeah. on the last podcast, I think, right? Yes, yes, we did. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I did want to note one thing, um, which is the fact that um, it does have a soft detent. Mm, yeah, and so this is a matter of to me the way it's made is a little bit of a matter of preference actually. Normally I don't like a soft D10 at all, but um, yeah. the reason why I call it a little bit of a preference is that you can still very easily spidey flick it out even with that D10. It's just no problem spidey flicking, but if you open it by your thumb, you can slow open it. No, you know how normally like if there's a harder D10, if you want to slow open it, you can't really because it'll jerk out. Um, this mm, one's yeah. very easy to slow open, so. You know, it's kind of nice to have the ability to, like, quickly deploy and slowly deploy. Like, I, 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 it, it does seem to be more of a preference thing. Like, there are, you know, situations where that could be useful, obviously. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I think I think for all of its strengths, that being its only possible weakness is kind of a testament to it being an actually good knife. Yeah. And it's gorgeous. Yeah, and, and it's very yeah. pretty. Yeah. Still looks like a Mordex. Definitely been enjoying it. No, no, it doesn't. (laughs) It looks like a Mordex. (laughs) I agree with Vex. It does look like a Mordex. Um, A bigger brain Mordex. It's a little fair. Yes, yes. Okay, bigger brain. I'll accept it. All right. (laughs) Um, Next knife is the Pena Trapper. I couldn't find a, uh, or I. It's not that I couldn't find it. I was lazy and I didn't find what picture. Hey, Come you guys on, know what it looks like. All right, we we talked about this Where's knife the before. Wait, why is this on news? I, I wrote this because someone told me to write this. I, I don't know who, but we can talk about it a little. So they, um, I actually just saw on his Instagram they are dropping some more of them. Uh, I believe it's uh, either Monday or Tuesday, so tomorrow or the day after. At retailers, Pinion does not have any more of them, so there's no more you can buy through him. Um, this is probably going to be your last chance to get yep. them. So if you're interested you need to jump on it quick because they sold out very, very fast last time. You know, having no money has truly opened my eyes to uh, <laughs> what what I really care about in a knife. And Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. Because I was, I was interested in this and then I was sitting here and I have like limited funds yeah. at the moment with the holidays coming up. So I was like, I'm going to have to pass. Yeah, it. same. Like, I know. I was just like, it looks nice I though. Want, I mean, so. I, I say go for oh, yeah, it. For if sure. you like it, if you want a traditional knife, that is fun to play with and has a better steel than a GEC. No, no offense, GEC. Ah, kind of offense, GEC. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, use a better steel. But um, this this is a great choice. I mean, I, I've handled his customs, and if the action is anything like his customs, a lot of fun. Uh, so I've heard it's a little better actually, but we'll see. I All mean, right. I know the micarta is better. Um, I've already um, heard accounts of people saying the micarta is grippier, and I know that the custom ones are all rubbed by hand and therefore are very slick. Uh, which some people don't like, so. Yeah, very traditional looking. Um, it would be good for like you know, uh, kind of like a gentleman's carry. So I think I said that. Lo- yeah, I think I said that last podcast or something, but yeah. it's a great yeah. design. Yeah, and made by Ria, you can't really beat it. Come on, yeah. it's it's amazing. Yeah, not much else now, to say I, on that I, one. I want to save the next one for later. Um, okay, so let's talk okay. about 
the CRKT Schwartz designs. Schwartz. So it just means. <coughs> oh, is it Schwartz or Schwartz? No, it's Schwartz. Well, it's Schwartz. It means black in German. It's but you, there's no T. Or no. Did you, or did you mistype that? Typo. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Wait. I typed it and I typed it's, it correctly. What do you mean? It's Schwartz. Well, but where's the T? It, it's it's not misspelled, Brian. You're, I'm you're, pronouncing you're okay. it. It's just it's, it's pronounced, pronounced Schwartz. It's uh, the T. The, the Z. It's pronounced with the with the T. It's a German mm, thing. No, 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 no. Okay. Anyway, um, so <laughs> I so we got we got we got some interesting designs here. So let's talk about them. So the first one I want to talk about is thanks for the picture. Whoever put this here um, is You're the welcome. oh the new ones is the Paris scale. <laughs> <laughs> I, try to, I try to say that with a straight face. Okay, the Parascale. I know what Brian's getting Parascale. for Christmas this year. Parascale. It's ugly. Okay, listen. So, it's ugly. It's ugly. So just, let's, let's talk a little bit about what this knife is so that our viewers can have a little image in their head, okay? So imagine um, a sort of hourglass shaped handle. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of um, swell on both sides. Um, yeah, really sexy. Yeah, and it's all covered in what looks like paracord wrap. <laughs> okay, that's why it's called the parascale, because, you know, mm-hmm. you put the paracord on the scale. Uh, <sighs> if you click it, it actually, each scale is wrapped individually, and then it looks like it's assembled. Um, this knife is CRKT. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> it's a CRKT, it's... It's $130 MSRP for D2, and uh, I, th- I don't even think it's G10. It might be FRN. Jesus. I'm not sure. Um, it does have yeah. that, that new lock they're doing where you press on the pivot. Yeah, the deadbolt. Yeah. It looks like a yeah. rubber band in the um, picture, like wrapped around it. Yeah. It's it's not an attractive, which, to be honest, you could probably swap it out for another color. It's, it's customizable. Oh, customizable. Don't, don't be ungrateful mm. about it. It's well, yeah. Imagine Flying Medium to is going to be making uh, scales, a bunch of different just... paracord colors. <laughs> <laughs> for only twelve dollars a piece. So is right. this real paracord it's wrapped in? As far as I can tell, real yeah, paracord. We're questioning the paracord. It, it looks, bad. It's like what is it like five fifty paracord? It's, it's like really it's, weird. It's, CR, it's CRKT. Who knows what's real and what's not? <laughs> so this is. You know what? Why this knife is so expensive? Um, it's all the time they have to yeah. wrap the paracord. Oh yeah, that is an expensive. Is that is that retail? <laughs> That's MSRP. Okay, it's still pretty expensive. Yeah, no, it better um, not be retail. Yeah. This is weird because anything. the knife, the way it's kind of like, it's like the scales are designed like shoelaces. Um, <laughs> like the paracord, Kinda. it's not like it's not like a fixed blade that you wrapped paracord around where it's like you basically filled up the entire handle. It's like they've got these little um, yeah, you're right, dead yeah, spots. Yeah, it's they've got these dead spots where it's just the. I don't know. It doesn't. It looks like no. You're, you're uh, exactly right. It looks exactly like shoelaces. There's yeah. just you can see the black of the handle material in between each <laughs> wrapping of the paracord. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually wonder if you can take off the paracord from this and it will still fit together properly from where it goes underneath the scales. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I'm hoping they have cut out because this knife does not look uh, bad this, if it no, was just normal yeah. normal handle. It's actually yeah. It's a good design. My money. Yeah. My money is With on no paracord, Jacob. My money is no. The, the, this, yeah, anytime well, anytime that I think to myself, is this possibility that would make the knife infinitely better, like, going to be a thing with CRKT? The answer is always no. Just dreams disappointed hey, and hey, crushed. here's the question. Here's the question. What is the scale material, and is that what they're really using as the blade stop? 
the stop pin, basically. That's tiny. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. because the, the handle material I think is FRN. Because I'm not sure if they have a stop pin or if it's just for show, but it looks like they're using kind of like like how yeah, the, the thumb, thumb stud is the stop pin, like Kinder would. Yeah. There might be liners underneath. This looks underneath. like it would sell really well at Walmart. Yeah, <laughs> probably liners underneath. Yeah. So I hit the liners instead. Doesn't look like yeah. a bad knife. That looks pretty decent. Ooh, yeah. It's CRKT no, still. It's still so. CRKT. Yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. Well, Most of their knives don't look decent, but then. <laughs> hey, if this were a Medford, it would be six hundred dollars. <laughs> D two should be grateful. And D two. seven HRC too. Okay, so, someone tell me about this. It'd be uh, it'd be literally the exact same knife for a higher price. <laughs> the next so, knife in the Schwartz line. Um, yeah, someone tell me about that because I've never seen it before. Overland. These are all designed by T.J. Schwartz in Boise, Idaho. Yeah, so the Overland was actually um, a design that he was going to do in collaboration with Millet. I haven't heard that it's canceled. But if you go on their Instagram back about a year, year yeah. and a half, um, they do have like a CAD rendering of this. And I was really, really excited because personally, I really like the design. Y'all may absolutely hate it. Um, but it's also smaller than I thought it was. Sorry, can I, can I say something? Is it it's yeah. pronounced Boise? Yes. yes. Yeah, Boise, yeah. Idaho. Oh Idaho. my god. What? Wait, what is it? Just, we them boys. No. It's boys. It's Boise. You're going to get boys. all of our Boise, Idaho viewers angry. No, all two I'm, of them. I'm, I'm sorry. All two okay. of them, yeah. You know, the, the day, look, listen. The day that it's pronounced turquoise you can tell me that this is Boise. <laughs> all right. It is turquoise. What are you talking about? <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. How do you pronounce it, what? Brian? Turquoise, 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 turquoise. What? It's dude. Turquoise. No, oh, it's not. No. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Shut okay, up. okay. I'll, I'll, I'll joke. All joking aside, uh, this Overland is it's eight CR thirteen. It looks good. Shocker. And uh, F it looks very all the way tactical. Through. Here, wait. I love, like the, listen, I love the color scheme. Listen, my favorite part of the description of this knife on CRKT's uh, website is the knife version of four by four. <laughs> what i know i saw that and i died i don't know what the hell what that means. Well, what does that mean <laughs> it's so it's like the guy it's tough it's like um uh, the designer posted it on reddit uh when he first i guess created it and we were, i was talking to him a little bit about it back then and he said it was jeep inspired mm-hmm. If you look on the handle, you can see the slots, like, from a Jeep grill. Yeah. Oh! It's, well, it's, like it a is a, it's so called it's, Overland yeah. because it's, uh, he's basing it on overlanding, which is basically off-roading. That's, yeah. you know what? Look, that's not my aesthetic, but I, I kind of, I think that's together. a cool idea, especially for a budget it. knife. <laughs> no, that's a cool idea I'm for a budget joking. knife. I, I've wanted this knife. We just got to get Brian to reblade it. It. <laughs> it looks pretty good. I like the knife. And then and then your card yeah, to reduce the design is fine. Yeah. It looks yeah. comfortable. Yeah. It looks like you have a nice cant for where your thumb's gonna rest. Like it's re- um, it's also an under three yeah. inch. Yeah. Blade, if y'all are curious about that. this so, one's, I, got, I, got, I, was I got hearing nothing bad to say about. No, it. this one's an attractive knife. Um, and it's cheap. MSRP is for fifty four ninety nine, and it'll be cheaper on Blade HQ. So right, so price yeah, looks reasonable. Like design and idea behind the design sound reasonable. As long as the execution isn't completely borked somehow, I'm I'm happy with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now the next, next one. The next hmm. one. Hmm. This knife is hideous. Like I, I can't thought, stand. Okay, this when design. I first saw a link of this, I just thought it was. a a clone? <laughs> it's, uh, I thought it was a bad clone. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was a bad clone. Yeah. What we're talking about uh, to our viewers is the CRKT Thero. T-H-E-R-O. 
Um, I'm, I'm spelling it out because everyone tells me to pronounce everything wrong. Thero. I would pronounce it, really? it Thero. Well, you guys don't like that? I, I, I would say I would say Thero okay. as well. It I looks hate exactly it. like it's the so millet, ugly, dude. whatever it's called. The millet almost. torrent. It, it looks exactly it, like it. It does not it look looks, like the millet It's torrent. got the same no, handle. It just looks, it look, just look looks how much so that cheap. I think the blade looks a lot less expensive, in my opinion, because it doesn't look have at that. Look the flipper tab. It's horrible. Oh, no. it's okay, angled. okay. Let, let me the, let me see what I like. The flipper tab torrent is flat, and it ruins the okay, design. Let me see what I like. What so the hole. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, the blade. The blade hole the, on the original one. It has like some milling in there. Just looks a it's lot. It's like unusable. You can't even use it, can you? Nah, it's just for looks. Yeah, just for looks. I I can I can this middle is, finger yeah. flick it. Basically, no the problem. millet torrent with a different blade and bigger brain. Also, obviously, different yeah, materials. Um, they've got HCR thirteen. Is this real carbon fiber? I think it's G. No, I think it's G ten. It says oh echo. This says tough glass reinforced nylon handle features a single layer carbon oh, okay. fiber underlay for a prehistoric look. It's it's, it's a laminate. Yeah. A prehistoric. You know all the all the carbon fiber dinosaurs. The description does look like a dinosaur. This wasn't mentioned during during the millet torrent. Did he like when he's marketing this to CRKT? Was he like you know what? No, this dinosaurs. is how he opens it. This <laughs> is literally first line of the description. When the ground trembles, you know it's coming. The CRKT <laughs> Thero. That's that guy needs a raise. You're making those that, 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 How long is the blade? Um, three inches. Yep. 3.083 inches, so it's a little no, bit above. They need, yeah. to, they need to change that Sounds ground trembling. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little shorter, actually, than the original torrent. That's the so. best knife on the dang screen. <laughs> when when the ground trembles. <laughs> Vex, if, How about, uh, if you knife. buy one of these. You know what they should do for the real one? If you buy one? one of these, I'm going to grill you. They should, change, they, should, they should change the, uh, the, the, the description of the real millet torrent to... Uh, when the bed's thumping, you know it's coming. <laughs> I, I like. I'll, I'm gonna buy one of these too. Just I to like do a the, uh, the the I'm blade finish curious. on it is just oxide. Oxide. That's yes. custom. That's, that's the blade finish. It's eight CR thirteen. Yeah. I mean, actually, no, it's eight CR fourteen MOV. It's eight CR fourteen. The price on this. We got one more curve. The price on this is really good because. The the milling in the FRN probably costs a fortune. Well, if it's FRN, <laughs> it's just cast in. Jeez. It's just molded. Well, well, it's, it's expensive. <laughs> it's, I'm trying to make this. So wait, that's, this that's injection people, molded, and you're, right? You're killing it. If it's FRN, then yes. Okay, yeah. yeah so, all right, next, uh, next, the, next the, one, next one. I don't want to talk well, about it anymore. Hold on, hold on. Sorry, I just have one more thing to say <laughs> okay. because there's there's one concern with this, right? Uh, uh-huh. it, is that if if they got permission for the, to use yes. this design? Oh yeah, I forgot about from that. Millet. The Overland. Well, I, yeah. Uh, mm, yeah. This design's already been sold before, so it seems the blade's different. I'm just hoping they ask the, the, the blade's okay. different. But you could this. I, mm. <laughs> yes, so we're gonna it's talk about this in the main topic. Okay, we will talk about this in the main topic. Okay, I'll hold off. Um, I won't say anything. Yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll get back to this. Mm. All right. So okay, let's talk about the next knife. Steel will cobalt. This is Will's favorite knife on the list. <laughs> no, I w- this knife I mean, is pretty and really? ugly at the same time. I know you just said it perfectly, dude. <laughs> I want one. I'm gonna get one. Are you guys being too. serious right now? Oh no! It yeah. looks like a, I love it. a flipper McBee a little bit. It, it just looks like a worse version like of the Asunzo size. I mean, it looks yeah. like an Arius. It's terrible. <laughs> an Arius. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's the micro can I get it? Arius. It's a little small. <laughs> can I get it in a different <laughs> color micro other than? Arius. Can I get it in a different color other than hunter orange? Like, I mean, yeah, you can get Cerakoted. No, I. 
What? Oh, the yeah, I guess I could. Oh, yeah, I guess. Have been it's been a Halloween knife, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, this knife is a... F- for for eight bucks. This knife black. is a two-finger grip, your index and your middle finger, and your thumb, I guess. So I guess that's three. If you're brave, there's a choil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they <laughs> Wait, no, uh, don't you just stick your whole you finger can... in that uh, yeah. hole in the blade? <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. In a reverse grip, your pinky goes through there. What's... Oh God, why is it so ugly? Why is the clip so ugly? I like it. it? I, I hate it so much. Like Look it. at the lanyard hole. What is that? Oh, I can't move on. <laughs> it's, it's so ugly. It's like a little tail, Brian. Be careful. Be, be oh, gentle with oh it. what is this? What is this? The sar... The, hold on. Let me let me think about how to pronounce this. Sargus. Sargus. Sounds powerful. Yeah, Sargus, Sargus. The steel yeah, wheel yeah, Sargus. Yeah. Sounds powerful. This Sargus is cool. Is okay. I like the I'll hot pink, it. hot pink color they're going with this. That's pink. Your monitor is screwed that's up. Blue. That's red. <laughs> that's red, bro. Yeah, that's. that's <laughs> no, I think. <laughs> I, no, I think my eyeballs are just messed up. Echo, if it let were me, hot let pink. Me, let me look on my light. phone and see if it looks different on he my just phone. Found out he's colorblind. <laughs> no, it's red. Uh, Echo, I don't. I hate to break it to you, but hold on. I'm gonna open it up on my phone, like. Okay, oh, this this up. reminds this me of something, and I need to, to figure out, out what it reminds me of. I like it. Hold on. Every Persian knife ever. Well, something something worth mentioning here is with you see both of these new designs, it it they're G10 and D and and D2, which is kind of a, a mixture of what they've done in the past because their first models were FRN and D2, and then and D2. their G10 models were M390 and D2, or sorry, and and G10. So. Uh, lately it seems like they've been moving away from the M390 stuff and, you know, taking the lower end steel and the, the higher end handle material. I think it's just interesting. They've kind of moved right. up in price a little bit. Yeah. Kind of in between. I still think it's a good price. Price points. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so. Look at that. What am I looking at? Oh. Oh, you're looking at oh, the Spyderco. Yeah, yes. The oh, yeah. shoot. Uh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. It's, that looks like it hurts in your hand. It looks like the same knife! This is exactly <laughs> the same. It d- except for that little tail piece. Okay, on okay. what I just okay. posted Shark. is... What I just posted is the Spyderco Mamba. And if you look at the Spyderco Mamba and compare it to the Sargas, it's literally the Spyderco Mamba without the Spidey hole. And there's little holes in the back that I hate. Okay, yeah, that but you, the profile is like the exact same. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like the exact it, it, same. The grind, it's, I guess. I think is it's different. smaller. I think the Mamba's larger. Knife. Yeah, but I'm yeah. just saying. Maybe it's just this, the fact that it's. We'll we'll talk about designs and stuff later, and you know, well, actually, th- we're on the main topic after this one, so maybe we yeah. should just talk about that right now. Um. um by the way, okay, my monitor is a little bit whitewashed. Um, <laughs> but it still looks like a little bit pink in, on my phone. So my it's, a, eye, it's a little it's, bit it's pink. I'll, I'll give you that. It's right. Your your eyes are. That, you know, I decent. can't. They're, I don't. I don't decent. see colors. I just see in sounds. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our main topic has a bunch of different elements or parts, but it's made basically about knife design. And the first thing we want to talk about is what makes a design original. So what do you guys think? Orig- originality. It's dead. It's dead. Um, yeah. So, so for example, I brought up the fact that the Sargus looks similar, maybe too similar to the Mamba. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's crazy because sometimes you look at a knife and you go, "I've seen that before," even though you've never seen it before. But the truth is, you kind of have because 
<laughs> you know, it's an iteration of a sort, right? Every mm-hmm. knife is the same. Right, so... Well, maybe that's the boundary, right? <laughs> if it makes you think like you've seen seen it before, then maybe that's when it becomes unoriginal. Yeah, but maybe my memory is just too good, you know? <laughs> um, well, you know, I don't think it. I don't think something being unoriginal is a bad thing, because obviously when you have such a saturated market, you're going to have um, very similar knives show up, just like how... Uh, in the theatrical market, you get very similar movies showing up uh, True. 50 yes. years yep. later. So now, now there is there is a murky area there, though. Actually, even that's, more dangerous than murky. That's what is I was going to touch the, on, actually. Yeah. It was like um, what you're saying with murky area. So like the Sargus, the Steel Wheel Sargus, uh, it's close, but like it's different enough that I could be like, oh. It's kind of a different take than the Mamba. But when you go back up to the um, the Thero, man, that right. handle. It's, it's the exact same. It's literally it's the, the exact torrent. same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the same it is, it is, it is the torrent. Like I'm sitting yes. here looking at my torrent now, and it's, it's right. this knife. Like there's, so let's go, let's go head you first. You can say whatever you want to about the blade. Right. Change, let's but, go head yeah. first into that. So um, one of the first parts of our main topic is the reselling of iterations of the same design to different companies. Now, where has this happened? Um, I don't. I don't want to name names exactly, but since we're talking about the Thero, and I this can. is a possible example of that, we're going to assume, for the sake of this podcast episode, that C- that CRKT um, and purchased the design from TJ Schwartz, right? And that Millet Torrent purchased their design from TJ Schwartz, so they both own their respective designs. Now, the problem is they look so similar that it's almost as if he sold the same design to two different companies. To two companies. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the question is, you know, at what point does reselling iterations of the same design cross the line into you are basically just selling the same thing to different companies who are now well, making their own things that look too similar and are and are starting to... I think well, even no. run... I think if you resell you one gotta, design, it's just you can't, it's too You much. can't, like, tout it that much because it's not in the same price range, right? If it's the same designer... I, I understand that, but it's still... It's the exact... Like, okay, if... If um if, if it were, like, a Millet, CRKT, and him, like, collaboration, sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Wouldn't have a problem with it. But this is kind of screwing over Millet, not 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 as directly as like another one in the same price range, but it's still something that they paid for. I wouldn't be happy and if I was they're not going to lose customers on mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah, I'd be pissed well, off. I mean, if he asked them and they gave him an okay, then right you now, know. so we're not we're not going to cast dispersion. This is all theoretical. So we emailed yeah. uh, we emailed yeah, we Millet asking them if they were okay with this. We haven't gotten a reply yet, so we will update you in a future podcast when we do get a reply. Um, but, and I'm, I'm probably going to call him tomorrow, Millet, um, you know, just to make sure we have some information for the next podcast. But theoretically speaking, if Millet did not explicitly give the okay for this, do we think, what, what do we think, right? Like, what do we think should happen? I would, um, I think, I think that they should, I don't think there's uh, probably, it's probably not any legal action they can take, but I, I they have every right to be upset about yeah, it. If that's it's, the case. I, yeah. I, I think the designer could, yeah. really like if he, he he's the one yeah, that it is, it's, it's not like CRKT's yeah, fault. He's the one I, that I said, sell this, take this design. Well, uh, mm, I mean, how, how can CRKT not know that it's his portfolio, right? Like how can they not know that this design is already, you know, the mainstay of another company? But do they care? You know what I'm saying, though, that they should care, right, morally. 
Oh, oh, they they for sure should because they're a massive, massive right. company. But like for for a company like CRKT that makes its bread and butter collaborating with people's designs, they have to be more careful to make sure they aren't copying a design or taking a design that's already taken than other companies. And touching on that as well, the Overland, like I mentioned, that's that's been posted before by Millet. It hasn't come out yet. I don't know if it's going to, but they've mentioned a collaboration with with Schwartz as well. And so that's that's two. That's two. I'm, I'm guessing at this point he that yeah well, yeah the both yeah, of those are. Uh, do you are guys really... remember? This isn't like the first time CRKT's done this. Do you remember when? This is in like the 90s or something like that, but um maybe the early aughts. But uh, do you remember when CRKT had that prototype of a of a Sabenza? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about it though? Well, I mean, I don't know. That's basically the same thing as this. It was the the well, plastic frame, but that's right? no, no, a little bit well, different so. it's because like, with it's like a, the designer is making it. The designer is, ma- is like the company and yeah, the designer. Yeah, no, no, right? the CRKD Sabenzo is okay because Chris Reeve makes the knife for his company and decided to give the design to another company. That's true. So that's so that's that would true. be like that would be like Millet saying it's okay. Right, right. So basically. that would be perfectly fine with. Well, me. I guess the issue is it's the designer because he's is a, a third, third party. party. Yeah, third party. Right. Yeah. So I would say the correct way to go about this would be like Boker did with or not Boker uh, Burnley did with the automatic Quaken, like it's a it's a Boker Protec and Burnley thing. Even though I believe Protec made those. Yeah, sure. Honestly, right. Any any involvement, like yeah. I just or think any, this yeah. isn't a big deal just because CRKT. This is not even on the same level as the Torn at all. I could see if like Riot was oh, making it, close. then yeah, that's a huge um, well, competition between um, Mila and Riot. But this is you can't buy this and say oh this is just like the torrent because it's not i mean it's the same design handle but you're not gonna buy this over the torrent unless you're True. on well, a super well, budget i don't i don't think it's taking away their sales probably not um but i don't know they, they millet would have paid for that design like they would have bought the the rights to it so it's right. it's kind of like yes, yes. someone's and for that to get resold so, it's yeah really so it's, extent, it's like, it's like yes. selling it's like selling a pro, uh, like a I don't know, a knife to someone and then and then selling that knife to someone else when the other person already has it or something. Right. No, it's just I, a little I, strange. I exactly that, like that. And beyond yeah. the beyond the impact market wise to Millet, I think it's just a moral question of this is just not okay. Um but you know, there is actually a market question well I think this is something people underestimate to some extent. When you see an expensive knife in cheaper materials like not as well done it cheapens your internal image of that knife as well like this might sound really theoretical but this is actually what happens in marketing like this is why when you sell like underwear or whatever you want like the hottest people to wear it right like all that stuff matters it's all it's all no it's all marketing it's all how you see it in your mind affects whether or not you want it no i just so thought underwear it, was an interesting you... example for <laughs> first go to oh it's because my, my dog Brian has my underwear, underwear ads, but obviously. that's fine um <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, uh, no, he, he just likes socks and stuff. Like, anyway. Um, so, you want when you. I don't even shop. You guys know that. I've never bought my clothes in my life. But anyway, um, when you when you buy clothing, like, or anything like that, you, you try to associate it with expensive things, right? Like, you know, a cars. Like, don't cars have, like, um, models that they, like, women who try to, like, they try to, like, sell it that way, too? I don't know. All I'm trying to say is when you see a, a, a popular design like the Millet Torrent and it's cheapened by, you know, cheaper materials and it's sold as a legitimate product, I think it lowers people's view. 
I actually have a good point. Sorry. I'm, I'm going to tangent my own tangent. The, 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 you know why the CRKT Sabenza didn't happen, right? Why? It cheapened yeah, the Sabenza. Exactly. It cheapened no. the Sabenza. Chris Reeve thought that if, this, if CRKT released this crappy Sabenza version, it would make his own knives look worse. Okay, so yep. this is a real thing that people think about, right? That's true. Like he he rejected a huge offer from one of the biggest production companies in the budget market just because he thought it would hurt the image of his knives. This is not a joke, right? Yeah, like that's fair. Well, think about it this way: what if, what if your first experience with with the millet torrent design was this? You're like, okay, let me look at this one. Mm-hmm. If I like this one, I'll add a zero to the cost and buy a real one. What if you get it and you hate it? You know, you're like, oh, God, it's a problem. Your, your first thought isn't, oh, it's bad because it's a CRKT. It's like, oh, there's a flaw with this. Exactly. And people can say, oh, I'm going to so, be totally neutral and unbiased. But it's like you can't. If you get a design and you no, hate there's it, no there's way. no way you cannot, you know, attribute some of those bad qualities to the real thing. Like, the, just mentally, you can't yep. do that. This is probably a good so. segue to circle back around to the Clone Wari. Yes, which, yeah, I didn't want to talk about that because I knew if we talked about it, we would have to talk about clones in general. Um, but mm-hmm. basically, you know, we, we did mention before that a clone version of the um, Shamwari, 3.5 inches in Damascus or M390, um, was recently released on AliExpress. And so, you know, th- this is sort of the opener into, I guess, a discussion about clones in general. So, I want to start that question, uh, the topic off with the question, in your opinion, what makes a clone bad? Because that's a broad question and we can sort of... Like morally or Yeah, generally speaking, what makes a clone bad? Why do we have a problem with clones, you know, or whatever? I have a problem because they're not... There's no money or credit going to the original designer. Mm-hmm. Okay, exactly. That's that's how it feels well. Especially as a, you know, an, a, an aspiring designer, I had to think about it. You know, I've had clones in the past, but... Uh, when I really got into it, I had to think about, you know, how would, how would I feel if someone made a clone of my design and started selling them to, you know, all sorts mm-hmm. of people. And, you know, it's it's just like taking money out of the designer's pocket because, um, yeah, I mean, it's a missed sale and it's not supporting okay, so the designer. What I'm going to do during this discussion is I'm going to play devil's advocate. And I'm also going to try to parse out the different sides of the argument. Okay, so I'm I'm going to say that beforehand. These aren't what I what I'm going to say is not my opinions on this. Well, okay. Um, actually, so, I do want. I think Vex didn't you buy the Clone Wari? Yes, sir. So I feel like Vex, maybe you should talk about the goods of clones or what you like about clones. <laughs> not, Honestly, not the not maybe not the goods, but instead. Um, the reasons the why mid- you buy one, yeah, right, or the, or the mitigating factors, mm-hmm. what makes certain clones different from others, like their levels. I will say maybe. this: this one is different. Yeah, the reason so, I buy clones, I've only, I've never bought a clone before. This is my first clone. I'm going to buy. Hopefully, it ships and I actually get it. But anyways, um, the reason I buy them because I can afford most knives is because I'm not going to buy a sham for two thousand dollars. I'm not. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly. the only reason I'm buying this, just because I know for a fact. I will never pay that much for a sham. That makes sense so. because it, to to you and to a, an abundance of people, it is um, it basically impossible to to yeah. It's yeah, infeasible exactly. to buy. Unless you go to a show or you get on his books and pay him a whole bunch of money, that's the only yeah. way you're going to get one. It's okay. So let's do let's do some point counterpoint. So point one that was made is that there's no credit going to the designer in this case you know who made the design so the credit is going to the designer now the second point is 
What about money, right? Is it taking money from the designer's pocket? In this case, you're saying you wouldn't have bought it anyway, so it's not taking money from, you know, uh, Gareth Bull's pocket. Right. I don't think it is. I would buy a sham at table price, I, I for sure. Mm-hmm. But you can't. It's infeasible. Right. So you there's there's also that's where this so, clone comes so, into play. I guess the first thing we should talk about is the element of scarcity and price. So do we think that clones are different in terms of their um, I don't know moral problematics when there is low when there's very uh, is it low if you say low scarcity does that mean there's like not that many yes well okay so it, yeah, well, no 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 sorry sorry or high scarcity they're very right? high scarcity means there's yeah. less okay so yeah when there's very high scarcity and the prices are also commensurately high more than you would ever be willing to pay or afford. Do we say clones are less problematic morally? Yes. I do. Um, but really, it's it's such a rare case that it hasn't happened all that much. There's a few for sure. Um, but generally, even with like a like a Grimsome Norseman, those have been cloned forever. They're they're difficult to get, or they were, but they're still very doable. You see them pop up almost daily on knife swap. You almost never see a sham, and if you do, it's three to four mm-hmm. times. So, what would what would your thresholds be in terms of how scarce or how expensive a knife needs to be before you say, okay, you know what? Maybe I would consider a clone here because it wouldn't hurt, you know, the the designer anyway in terms of financially. If I can't get one and they're like double retail, then you know, I'd, I'd consider it. Well, for me, I I mean, I, I don't have. A big problem with other people buying it but just just personally like you know being involved in design i just wouldn't feel right about uh a clone of my stuff being out there even if because like uh gareth bull i don't think he's creating uh the scarcity on purpose really he's just he's handmade knives you know, yeah <laughs> yeah they're just really hard to make a lot of so um, I will argue with you a little bit there um, in, in his customs for sure. Yeah. I agree with you completely. But this this production running has coming up. I've heard he's only going to do a couple well, hundred of them. He has the funds, the means, and the name to sell much, much, much. Okay, more. but also that ties uh, into our previous discussion about cheapening the knives, right? If, if there's a ton out there yeah, that, are, that. that are cheap. How many people are going to go out and buy his customs for that design? And you know, so he yeah, has to think yeah, about sure. that that's, as well. That's a genuine problem people have with when when you have a custom knife and you offer that same custom knife as a production version. It really does cheapen your knife, in my opinion. I I, I think the, the the like everyone is predicting that secondary market prices are going to go down when the Wii Shamwari comes out. I think the Wii is also going to sell it very quickly, and those prices are going to go up. Yeah, that's true. Right. So, and but he wants that to happen in a sense. But right? I don't. Like he, I, I don't think know. personally that his knives are worth the two thousand dollars that they're going for in the secondary market. I just think they're. No, I, I think, think they're drastically inflated. You know. Yeah. And that's the problem. Well, they're like triple the price. Yeah. Almost. It's kind of light. You just have to raise the price until only the people that want it the most. Are willing to pay that much, right? And that's the thing is he, he's not raising these prices. This is a secondary market he has no involvement yeah. with. So people yeah. blaming Gareth Bull, yeah. they're wrong. You know, this isn't his. It's fault. not his fault at all. I would I would have bought the Wii version. No, if it, it looks it's good. not his fault for the. I don't like the way the Wii it. version looks, honestly. I don't like Me the either. finish on it, but I I, I could I, I I've wanted a sham for a long time. If I can get one and support him, I would prefer that every single time over a mm-hmm. Now, yeah, even even though yeah. he's not a great person, from what I've heard, I would still much rather support. Uh, an evil designer than a cloning company. Just personally. 
Right. So, okay. So we've talked about how you need to give credit, which most clones are giving credit to the original designer <laughs> nowadays. Like they're saying they're actually trying to capitalize on the fact that it was designed by someone well known. Right. So yep. credit, I'm not really, I don't think that's a very strong point personally. Financially, I think it's murky. Um, some cases are more severe cases of competition than others where they actually take a share out of that market and, t- you know, they take a bite out of the pie, right? Um, but are there any other arguments you guys think for why clones are bad in the knife community? I don't think they're bad. I think the counterfeits are bad where that has a logo and they market them as the real deal clones themselves yeah i think we can all agree on that you have to go out of your way to buy a clone let's be honest like and to me i think clones don't hurt the maker they hurt the maker in the sense of he's potentially not making that money yes i agree with that but if it's a clone shirogorov custom division you probably weren't going to buy that in the first place just because you're not going to spend two thousand dollars when you can spend three hundred dollars on a clone custom division same with the sham like so most people... let's let's say um let's say not a custom division but let's say for example just a f3r just a normal let's say let's say a d2 green thorn shirgorov okay so these are about i think 70 to 90 dollars and so can we can we make the argument that you know <clears throat> Um, someone might pick that up and say, you know, let, well, let's say two scenarios. So one, they pick up the green door in $70 and they go, wow, this is amazing. Okay. These, this is excellent quality. The other scenario is they pick it up and they think it's not very good. Okay. Yeah. So we can think, all right, well, let's start in the first scenario and branch out how uh, the average customer might interpret that. Okay. The first way to interpret it is a positive way. You can say, okay, if this green thorn is good, how much better is the Shiro? I better get that. I want to save up and get that. That's that's a nice scenario to imagine. But another possibility that makers are worried about is them going, okay, if I can get the Shiro in D2 and Titanium for like $90 and a real Shiro is an upgrade in the blade steel, but for <clears throat> $500 more, is that really worth it, right? So they start to think about worth and, you know, how much something is valued in a different way, right? Yeah. Um, so that could be a potential concern for a maker, in my opinion, where they can say, you know, p- the calculus that people use in terms of, you know, s- deciding how much a knife is worth is going to be shifted by, you know, sort of the unfair competition of the way a clone is made, right? There's no R&D. They are mass produced by company uh, by companies that have a lot of free capital in China. The shipping is free. It's paid for and subsidized material by the Chinese government. Material cost is way low, yeah. Material cost is way lower. There's no shipping of the materials. There's titanium everywhere in China, apparently. So when, when, I, when I think about it in that way, and the D2 is also everywhere, right? China D2. So when, when I think about it that way, I feel like the price calculus is sort of... Um, sort of twisted in a way that isn't fair to the original maker or can't or might not be fair to the original maker. So that's that's the first scenario. It's not for sure. Yeah. So especially when you're considering the 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 R&D like you said the design all that work will knows how much time it takes to design a knife. If if a company just took all that from you, all that effort, all that time, you know, every, everything you've put into it and kind of was like, "You know what? We're just going to steal this." It would probably piss yeah, you off. Yeah, all the I mean, effort, all the time, and the fact that, you know, they don't need to pay, like, royalties or anything, you know? <laughs> like Exactly. You're not getting any right. money. Right, so, so... Yeah, that's... Yeah, so there, there, it seems that's the first scenario. There is a second scenario, which is the, uh, the uh-oh scenario. 
The uh-oh scenario is if the knife is bad. Now, we know green thorns are pretty well made, but let's let's pretend you get a green thorn and it's not very good, okay? That's not Shiro's fault, right? They don't make it. So you get the green thorn. It's not very good. Positive side, maybe someone thinks, oh, this is crap, but maybe the real Shiro is better. So I'm going to get that, right? Um, unlikely. Yeah. What's probably going to happen is yeah. you get it. You think it's crap. You think, eh, how much better could the real one be anyway? I'm going to get something else completely. That's what I think is going to happen. So... I, I can see that, you know, in either case, even when you weren't going to, you know, even if something is in a different budget completely, right, $70 versus a much more expensive Shirogorov, it can still hurt the maker, which isn't fair because, you know, it's their design. They should be the ones who are allowed to make it. Um, that's that's one counter argument I'm seeing right now. So I just want to know what you guys think about that. Um, I don't know. I'm just so torn on clones, really. So it's a, it's a, it's a yeah. big gray area. It really depends on your your personal feelings towards it, the availability, the price, the materials. There's a bunch of factors that go into it. Um, I generally go towards the side of I, I don't have any problem with anyone else doing it. I'm not gonna like shame you or anything like that. Personally, they're not for me in most cases. Yeah. Um, the sham is a, a bit of an outlier for me honestly because it's like like y'all have said it's two grand to get one it's very difficult to even get one at that price mm-hmm. you know so it's it's tempting <laughs> to pick up a clone for 150 so I guess bucks it's just really the clone just came out at a bad time um so oh yeah yeah if this had come out a year or two ago i don't think there would be nearly as much yeah yeah the timing was definitely not good i mean it's good for some people and it's not good for gareth bowl and we obviously yeah now yeah, I, I still don't think they're gonna have a problem. No, exactly. That's the thing is, like, that's my whole argument minutes. with clones is there's been CRK Sabenza clones forever. There's been mixed strata clones. There's been Hinder clones. You still see all those knives. The real versions sell out all the time. They, I, I don't think they hurt at all. I don't think they hurt the company it, or the it really, ever. Yeah, no, it, it does. I think so. The way I'm seeing it personally is, I think it kind of depends. Like Mick Strider himself has said he doesn't care about clones. They don't hurt his market. Yeah. Okay. Now. Can I foresee a situation like I described where clones, you know, in one way or another, start to impact the maker's sales, like to the point where they start to notice and care? I think it could happen. It would depend on the price of the clones, for example, the quality, etc. But it could happen. And so when that happens, what do you think a maker should do? Because they can't sue China. You know, (laughs) good luck with that. They don't give a shit. Yeah, exactly. So they can't sue. So what do you think a maker should do? Um, when they start to notice that a clone is hurting their sales to a noticeable degree. Now, you shouldn't mm. do what Gareth Bull did and just go on a rampage about, like, how... No, <laughs> definitely no, don't no. do that. That is the worst yes, thing that, you that can is possibly, the last thing you should do as a maker is start to insult the Chinese about, like, clones and stuff. Just don't do that. But. Pointing out all the flaws <laughs> in your clone is not... That's just helping them at this um, point. Yeah, <laughs> there's, right, so don't do that. But what you can do... I think is, you know, just be candid about it, you know, just make an Instagram post, say, hey, look, um, and this is assuming your sales are actually being hurt, right? You can just say, look, I have a lot of these knives available. Um, They haven't sold out. I know there are clone versions that are very popular right now that people are purchasing, but they're hurting my sales a lot. So I would really appreciate if you want the design, please purchase it from me. And this is different because they are available. It's not like the Shamwari, right? So, in so really, the argument would be you're only. It's only going to matter if they're not 
sold out, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Because if all your stuff is sold out, you can't really argue that clones are hurting your market because you have nothing more to sell <laughs> exactly. anyway. Well, there, you know, there's um, other yeah. options. There's it's other options, like, depending on the amount of um, headroom that they have on profit, they could try and uh, decrease the um, price of the knife to try and um, entice the consumers more to buy theirs rather than the clone um be- yeah or offer a coupon code i i would i'm gonna argue against that real quick yeah I, we've seen how crazy the prices of clones can get and for like the quality and stuff and that's also hurting their business right they're making less money if they do that right so that's still so. that's still hurting the maker and well, also i'm saying that that it might be what they would have to do because that's oh, just maybe market wise right. just, just that's the afloat. way the market works that you can't I don't know. Uh, You know, it's just going to happen. Well, sort of. Because when we say market, normally we say markets have rules, right? They're not, there's no such thing as a fully free market. So we have like intellectual property and, you know, we have have laws about that. Now, do some Chinese companies respect those laws? Uh, Well, that's what, that's that's what you just said. You can't sue China. So, right. So maybe they have to do that. But the question is, maybe they'll get more community support and less people will buy clones and turn to the maker instead if they make a post about it saying publicly, look, my knives are not sold out. People are still buying the clones, which means they like the design, right? Um, It would help me out a lot if you were to support a legitimate maker, like the person who actually designed the knife, rather than people who, I guess you can say, stole the design, right? Um, I I think uh, that that is the approach I would take. Now, this is just a hypothetical because as far as I'm aware, there has not yet been a maker or company who has been so impacted by clones that this is the type of situation they've been forced into. I've not seen that yet. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. And also that's, I don't know. I don't know how effective that would be really just asking people to stop. It's not not going to be that effective really, to be honest. It's not going to do that. And that's basically all they can do, right? There's not much you can do do about Um, it. For a handful of people, it might put it in perspective for them like, okay, maybe I shouldn't do this because it's negatively impacting these sales. But a lot of people aren't. A lot of people aren't going to care, but there might be enough people who care that it makes a difference for the maker. This is just me saying... Yeah, it would matter to me if they were right. Like if I if I read an Instagram post about a maker who said, "Hey, my design has been popular, but unfortunately, no one's been buying it from me." I'd be like, "Yeah, there's no way I'm (laughs) buying a clone of that design ever." You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, You just have to go about it in a respectful manner and right. Don't don't freak out. Yeah, Yeah, don't freak out. Good way besides going on Reddit, he reached out to a production company and asked them to make a production run. That's the best possible way. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Make your like he did all the right things except for the red part. Honestly. Yes. If if everyone is stealing your pie, you know, make a different pie, right? Um, If you can, right? Yeah. Uh. So so yeah. But you know, let's. I think I think that's enough about clones to some extent. Um. I I do want to talk about a little bit more about design in general now. Uh, Clones are sort of you know obviously always a murky area. This is also going to be a murky area. So. I want to talk about the difference between designs, like original designs, and patterns. And what a pattern is, is when you look in a, you know, traditional and, okay. (laughs) When you look at traditional and kitchen knives, there's different patterns of knives, right? There's like, you know, Santoku or, you know, Gyoto or, you know, things like that. And so, is there, yeah, yeah, is there a point where you think, that for some knives you can't clone, right? Like kitchen knives can't be cloned because they're just established patterns. 
you know, there's, there's like a way that the blade is shaped and there's a name for that shape already. Like, you know, what do you think there? I think you should just pay homage. That's what you should do. Like, if you're taking in a design from a maker or a certain, I don't know, anything, you should at least reach out to them and ask you could do it first. You know, yeah. that's the bare minimum. I, I will say there's an exception with like a, like a traditional pattern. Like there's set patterns for traditional Right, like, so for example, I wouldn't you know, say... They, they um, have been for a while. Well, What's an example? Like we're actually? talking about, at this point, we're just talking about blade shape, right? Like, basically, I mean... Well, if... The traditional patterns are full designs, but I think it's like a time thing, right? They've been around forever. Yeah, exactly. So at that point, yeah, exactly. yeah, I mean, even patents expire. True. So. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Like with Benchmade. Yeah. Like, it, it, you know, a couple of years ago, we would have considered it probably a bad thing if a company used an access lock. Nowadays, it's, it's free now. Well, <laughs> it's legal and yeah, yeah, I mean, it's been around forever. I think that's like, uh, I don't know. I was trying to say, <laughs> um, I forgot. Oh, uh, no, it's fine. Uh, well, <laughs> well, like, when, <laughs> look, look, look. Right. When br- Be- before Echo says the podcast is getting too long and we need to wrap it up, I, I need, I must, I must mention this because it's been something that's been bothering me, like, uh, just in my head for a little bit, actually, just because it's an, it's an interesting philosophical question, I guess, but, um, I posted a picture of a reblade, um, a rebladed bug out on Reddit mm-hmm. and nobody was, you know, criticizing or anything, you know, but like, but people did uh, bring up the, uh, I don't know if it's a like Greek mythology or something, but the concept of the ship of Theseus and what the ship of Theseus is, is, or the concept is that you get a ship and you, let's say you replace like the mast with a new mast and you replace like the hull with a new hull and you replace every part with a new part. At what point does it stop being the original ship? Now, the reason why that applies to clones and aftermarket parts and things like reblades is, you know, let's say I get a pilar and I, ch- and, you know, I want to make a new pilar blade, right? And let's say I change out, you know, the lock side. And that's something we, we've been talking about with, um, you know, some of our friends in the Discord. And let's say, you know, you change the show side scale to like a different cool scale, right? And you're just changing all these parts, right? At what point does it become not a modded pilar, but a clone? Uh... Well, I well, don't know if it'd be a clone, because I think it would stay a modded pilar because you you bought that original design and uh, how you're describing it is at, at least in the beginning you're adding pieces to it. You're not. It would be different if you if you assembled one from scratch using entirely aftermarket. Yeah, because parts. the mm-hmm. technically like I think the company that makes that knife still got the proper amount of money yeah they got your money you know like they still got money they still got yeah what what you do you're just spending your own money to make something that you like different you know yeah they they couldn't care less what you do with the knife you already bought it yeah (laughs) you know yeah now if you bought like a new blade and a lock side and a scale and washers and all that stuff and just put one together i i don't think it's a clone i don't think there's anything necessarily well, I, I could well, see not, here's the difference. Right, you see, like, it's, no, no, it's no, no, an no, interesting question. No, 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 no. Yeah, Listen, it's not like design. here's where it's different, right? It's not like um, someone's okay. It's not like someone's buying a bug out, right? Doing a reblade on it and then selling that to the market, right? They're not selling that over and over again. They're not buying bug outs themselves just to reblade them and resell them. Yeah, it's a much much yeah. lower amount of people. Than than what than a clone would. They're not. You know, it's to. not a different knife. You still have to buy the bug out, 
and then I don't know, reblade it yourself, or I guess send it to someone to be rebladed. But there, that per, as long as that reblader, that person doing that modification, isn't like um, taking bug outs on mass and reblading them, and then se- uh, like selling them after that, it's fine. It's not a clone. It's see, because I want to do that, but. I'm wondering about it. I actually don't see an issue, even if, even if, say, Brian, you not, you not bug outs though. I'm, I'm outs. done with that knife. But, <laughs> but let's say you bought fifty bug outs and you rebladed them, or nine forties. Okay, yeah, nine forties. You bought fifty nine forties and rebladed them. I don't see an issue with that you're still buying the nine forty, or the nine forty came from somewhere. You're, you're not. It's not like you're making a nine forty from scratch. I mean, like, oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That would yeah. be a little so, different. So you do you still pay a tax mode. in a sense of you bought the original mm-hmm. and you you paid the company exactly. for that and then you just changed it. Yeah, so they they've gotten their money. I don't yep. see an issue with it. So the way I see it is, it's like buying a car from like what's a car company? I don't know any. Audi. I don't know Honda. Honda. Okay, so you buy a Honda and then you change out the engine to a better engine and then you sell it as a Honda with a better engine. Okay. It doesn't sound like a clone. Like it just well, sounds not, like you improved. I don't think it sounds it's a like clone. you improved the car. I would not and then classi- you sold it. I would not classify what you've been talking about at all as a clone. Like never. Just it's not a clone. A clone but is like I think I think there is there is well I do think there's a point where it can get to being cloned possibly. No, um, no, no. It just no, depends there's on no way unless you um unless you were like completely remade the knife. That's what I'm saying. Like, like if Brian read it, if Brian manufactured the blade, <laughs> the scales, the lock bar, washers, screws, then it's all of that, and sold it, yeah, then yeah, it's a clone. Exactly. But he's not doing that. It's there's well, there's that what original if, knife has to be okay. So what if small and, what if it? But see, this is the thing about the ship of Theseus that no, this doesn't all happen at once. What if you start out right? Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's it's like bits but and pieces. It, I, don't, right. I just now, don't. Let's say in this case, I just don't think it becomes a clone until it is it. it becomes one until you literally changed everything out and then now you're selling it as a clone but if you don't sell yeah, it that's uh, that true that too yeah exactly like it like i would love to have a a, a pilar with entirely original well-made parts <laughs> i wouldn't consider that a clone now if i'm getting 30 or 40 of those and exactly. then selling you're them a clone you're you're then, yeah. Yeah, i'm a cloner a now, 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 yeah. now 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 let's now now <laughs> i want to think about it this way so we all agree that selling aftermarket parts is okay so you can just sell scales for a pilar for example blade hq sells scales for the pilar right will sells mm. aftermarket yep. Exactly. Right, but I'm saying nobody has a problem with that. Will is a confirmed clone maker. What if, what if, (laughs) just imagine, just imagine, what if Blade HQ sold a TI lock side for the Pilar and then also sold separately a new blade for the Pilar and also sold separate. And then then, then the person, the customer, buys all those things and then assembles it. What's the difference, really? If, like, then, yeah, then it's a clone. The, the, like, the, if you're buying all the different parts. The but it's not is, a clone because it's one part. Like, you're only selling the one The difference part. is buying it, the design at the beginning and then modifying it because you paid the company. The company's got their money and they got their, you know, they, they right, sold no, it to but you. What I'm that's saying that's is that, the difference. You know, for each, let's say, let's say each like, of those parts. what if you buy entirely aftermarket parts and put it together that's, yourself? That would be a clone. I mean, it probably wouldn't be but, but the people, But each person but, wouldn't be selling a clone. They're just selling one part. Well, they aren't clone makers. I guess the customer would be. <laughs> yeah, the customer. Listen, guys, I, don't manufacture clones. Okay, I, it's not cool. Well, I mean, I think it's the company's about... just making parts. They're not making 
I think this right. I think I this know. discussion's getting a little bit convoluted at this point. Well, I, I think it's an interesting question. I think, the question is, I think <laughs> what if it's stretching like, too far? I'm, because like, it's just, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm toying with the, I'm toying with the, no, no, no. I'm toying with the concept right now, Normally, where I might not need to tell customers not to buy clones. I might need to tell customers don't clone. No, that's <laughs> cloning. It's, it would be well. Listen, here's why that won't happen: is because it would be infeasible for a, some maker to just start making. Um, no one's gonna like they're not gonna make a lock side for a pilar and then sell that themselves actually actually, <laughs> actually <laughs> we've been talking Echo's, about that Echo's been and out it of the may loop. be happening <laughs> yeah dude we, if if it happens i'm gonna buy like no no shame i'll buy one i've already i've bought a pilar i already have right. one you, i mean you bought i would be slowly assembling the it important over time, part but, yeah, is that I'm you buy bought a, a pilar in the first place right because exactly. now you have the design. It's like licensing the design, kind of. Like I think it's like paying the yeah, royalty so almost. The like, and the blades, when yeah. you buy the original design, it's like you paid the royalty to now modify it. Like it's it's yours now. You yeah. own. You can do what you want. You yeah, own that. Okay. You own yeah. that one knife. Yeah. Like I guess. Yeah, as long as I'm not making them from scratch. Okay. We're good. See, that's what I'm saying about the the customer being the clo- it, like it's on them to buy the original design instead of buying every part and putting it together because that would be. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe a little unethical. Possibly, especially I mean, if, it's they, an interesting if they question. made them for other people. Yeah, if they start selling them, yeah. like pre-assembled. Okay. Well, yeah, with that, uh, we got to end this podcast. <laughs> it's getting so long. All right. Welcome to <laughs> Philosophy One Hundred and One. Yeah. <laughs> we'll continue this next um, podcast. But it was no. Uh, well, we should we shouldn't <laughs> talk about clones next podcast. We've already done. <laughs> well, we'll talk about something different yeah. every time. We'll talk about something. Yeah, we different. never so, again. Anyway, yeah, um, it, was, it was great. Uh, another yeah. great podcast. Um, well, uh, yep. Thanks, yeah, thanks Will. For yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. It. That was fun. Um, oh wait, before we close, we should share some information for Will, right? Uh, um, so Will is Parsons Blade Works. He has a website, which is, I believe, ParsonsBladeWorks.com, right? Yeah. Um, do you have an Instagram? Uh, yeah, just Parsons Blade Works. So, and that's that's Parsons. Like, there's there's an S yes, at the there's end. An S. Parson S. Yeah, Parsons, Parsons right. Blade that, Works. That's not possessive. That's... That is his name. Yeah. Don't put an apostrophe. Okay. It's not plural. Either. <laughs> yeah. It's not plural either. He's one. He's one dude. All right, so that's that's Will from, from Parsons Blade Works. Thank you so much for coming on. Yep. Thanks for everyone for getting yep. together and doing the podcast. Um, Welcome back to Vex. He made the mistake of spending time with family last episode. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Never we do forgive that again. you. <laughs> Never do that again. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much, and we will see you yeah. next time. Also, also just a reminder oh. that um, you can find us at the uh, in the Knife Club Discord on the old subreddit r slash knife club discord in the sidebar you can click on our discord link and talk to us there all right thanks guys yes come say hi yeah come come bye bye